we're live. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the vlogcast. Vlogcast that comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of a spite and the Streisand effect because, uh, screw those guys. Yeah, um, there's, there's, there's reasons. No, we're not going to be using a whole bunch of profanity tonight. Lord knows I'd like to, but mm, uh, not, not, not this time. <laughs> Famous last words. Uh, we shall see. Meantime, good evening, everyone. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble pretty much everywhere. Uh, you can find me under that name, S-H-U-J-I-N. Uh, we've got a little bit of, uh, we got a little bit of stuff to talk about, and I'm kind of working a little bit, uh, a little bit weird at the moment as far as to organizing everything over here. So uh, just bear with me a little bit as I do this. To introduce everybody from the top left-hand corner of the bingo card of North America, Dallin, good evening. Good evening. Okay. Down in uh, just a little bit to the right in the Midwest of the U.S., Bridget, good evening. Good evening. Little off to the right from there into uh, Ohio currently, and for the foreseeable future, Joey, glad you could make it. You're not on mute this time, right? Not at the moment, though when you mentioned it. And across the water over into Paris, France. Joseph, good morning. Bonjour. It's good to have everybody over here. So let me go ahead and put up everybody's name because I'm playing around a little bit with uh, the way that I'm working OBS at the moment. So things are uh, things are going to be a little bit on the weird side. Uh, that's about <clears> as, <throat> as much as the weird is what I'm going to do right now. Don't worry about it. Well, this is what your, your fourth attempt uh, using OBS right now. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a weird, uh, it's a little bit of a weird animal uh, visually. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to see what I can do about making us be a little bit more visually how we were before. Not really going to be doing that a lot because well, uh, for the opening, sure. I'll put everybody individually up on the screen, but uh, beyond that, uh, yeah, it's, it's easier for me. Just not. Well, the layout looks nice now. What looks nice now? What? Well, with you, well, um, what I'm seeing in Discord, I'm not sure if we're seeing the same thing in uh, uh, the YouTube stream. Well, the, we're not. No. I got the YouTube pulled up, and it's, uh, well, Shujin's got the big screen. We're the all off to the side, and then we got the business card and then the chat. Okay. Kind of, okay. I'm getting yeah. kind of like the Brady Bunch layout. Yeah, which is <laughs> which is pretty much what we've got, um, and that's that's the way it's going to be for the opening. Yes, I had I had each of us have the the full stage temporarily, so that's kind of the way it worked. But um, of course, you know, everybody, thank you very much for being with us. I know for well that uh, we've got some folks that are live and paying attention to us, and of course, as always, thank you, uh, Stephanie. Good morning, Ryan. Hello. And uh, I'm sure we'll have uh, some other folks joining us you know, shortly. Uh, first piece that I want to get out of the uh, out of the gate right off the bat. I have a long-standing rule about who's allowed to be on the show, specifically as a host or a co-host, a guest host on the show. And the very first rule is you can't be dishonest. Anybody that was paying attention to last week's show knows full well, I will go ahead and I will extend that to the people who are watching live and commenting. Because if you're going to be a, a, a f I can't, I can't say it inside out like that either. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was, 
I was going to say chuckle F, but I realized even if I would have portmanteau the, the letters back and forth, it's not good. That if way, you if you're going to shoot your mouth off, make yeah, sure you got the right ammunition. That's true. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it right off the bat over here. And by the way, feel as I, as far as to uh, drink tonight, I've already decided <laughs> coffee. I have reasons because last night I was a very unhappy personality and we'll just leave it at that. Well, hey, I got something to advertise, too. Uh, hopefully you guys can see this with the screen. Wow. This is a 64-ounce growler from Thumbprint uh, Microbrew Beer Store here in Alberta. And it's almost empty, but it is filled with something called the Equinox Mule, which is a take on the famous Moscow Mule. So... Don't know that. That's my drink of choice tonight. I have no idea what that is. Okay. uh, A Moscow Mule. uh, Okay. The Moscow Mule is vodka, ginger beer. uh, Then some people use, um, oh, God, what do they call it? I want to say standard syrup, but I think that's the wrong word for it. And fruit juice. It's typically served over ice in a copper cup. That's a traditional thing. Um, and actually, last night, uh, one of one of uh, regulars at TGIF, uh, Stormfront, gave me a great idea for a drink called a Dark and Stormy. It's it's a take on the Moscow Mule, but instead of um, vodka, you use black rum, and that's a fairly sweet be- uh, sweet beverage. But uh, okay. yeah, so you can get, well, I don't know if you can really see the color, but it's. This is kind of like the lemonade from hell. <laughs> uh, but um, lemonade, lemonade from hell would be uh, probably a variation on that uh, Trump and Stormy. But that would be a hell of a punk rock name for a band. That's true. That's true. Lemonade from hell. I think that I think I'll have to. Yeah. yeah keep that in mind. Well, I better not show you where the lemonade is made. No. So no. So uh, this there's two things uh, really sausage. really quickly. I was out at a secondhand store again looking for new music. I got uh, I got some stuff. I got uh, the Shirelles. Yeah, uh, I go back way way back when. I found uh, R and B classics of the '60s and '70s, and I had this on cassette tape back in the day. And the question is, is that showing up correctly for you guys, or is that uh, reverse? It's looking backwards, backwards to me. Okay, so it's backwards for you guys, but on the stream it's showing correctly. That's that's the way it's supposed to be. This is the Glenn Miller Orchestra in the digital mood. They basically uh, redid huh. a bunch of stuff, and I, I remember this back from, like I said, I had it on cassette tape. So it's nice to have this collection back again. Uh, for those of you that are wondering, what kind of stuff is that? Glenn Miller uh, is the sound of the World War II era the big band era. You know these. In the Mood, Chattanooga Choo Choo, American Patrol, String of Pearls, Shut Up, uh, Little Brown Jug, <laughs> Kalamazoo, Shut Up, uh, Tuxedo Junction, St. Louis Blues March, Pennsylvania 65000, and Moonlight Serenade. If you, think you, don't, if you think you don't know all of them, there's a very good chance you know several of them. I think I call all but two, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I've played all those in band. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You mentioned String of Pearls, and I heard you say shut up, and it brought to mind another song that I remember. <laughs> oh, no. Um, a song by ZZ Top. 
I know that one that I almost choked on my coffee. <laughs> you know, honestly, I tried to tell my, my now ex-wife what that song meant. Mm-hmm. She never believed me. What you, what and of course, mean? back then, th- this is so long ago that the internet was still kind of a new thing. So it's not like I could go to some website and prove it to her. Yeah. But after listening to it about three or four times and knowing the um, disposition of the members of ZZ Top, just by, you know, watching the videos that they did, mm-hmm. it, two and two kind of falls together, you know? <laughs> but no, she, she wasn't having any of it because, oh, I don't know, something about wrecked childhood or something like that. <clears throat> Uh, don't look at me. I have TMJ issues. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, wow. <laughs> WTMI. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, before we oh, go, right, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Right, before I go ahead and uh, get started over here with the uh, five-minute freestyle, um, Trippin, I did see you over there. Hi. And uh, I think I said hi to Felis, whether, whether or not I did. Anyway. Um so, guys, thank you very much. Uh, of course, as always, if you're paying attention live, please go ahead and utilize the, the live chat. We will be referring back to you guys once in a while here and there as it is. Um, Dallin, the only thing that I've got is um, I think your audio is driving a little bit hard. Um, mm. while, okay. I'm, while I'm doing my thing, uh, double, check your, uh, double check your OS level stuff and make sure it's not like o- overdriving into Discord. Oh. That's about the only piece that I could think of. Uh, How's it, that? it that's good. When you okay. were yeah, when you were when you were louder, it had like that overdrive kind of starting to yeah, distort I, thing. You know what I'm talking about. You know what? I was looking at the mic levels and it was way higher than I normally set it. I I don't know. Oh, from how. probably from last night. Uh, you know what? That's probably right too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> we there's there's stuff there's stuff there's we, stuff there, we did warn you that stuff. you know this whole transition was going to be uh you know a, a lot more art than science while we get everything but at least it's working and that's the important yeah. part so let me go ahead and get uh let me go ahead and get things uh running over here so with five minutes on the clock maybe i'll figure a way of putting up a a, a countdown timer on the screen one of these days we'll see about that Anyway, with five minutes of the clock, your five minute freestyle starts right now. Now, memories, we, those of us that lived through the 80s know full well that, you know, there's a Barbara Streisand song in there somewhere from movie now coming up or the play Cats. That's not really what I'm talking about at this point. Although, if you have seen the trailer for Cats, I'm sorry. I mean, if, if they can go ahead and they can fix. Um, Sonic, I'm sure they could you know, whatever Memories there's, there's there's a lot of different things to talk about with that Memories, as far as humanity is concerned has evolved over the eons We have we have used many different ways of passing down information and that's that's all memory is it's holding on to information for use later Usually we refer to it in in the case of, you know, an individual. But memories can be given, or at least we can explain to others so that the younger generation gets to learn from the mistakes that we've made because we end up making a lot of them, don't we? Sooner or later. 
But it used to be that it was word of mouth that we'd talk. And after a while, you know, you would use song. These things would, you know, resonate after a while. No puns intended. But you could teach people things by slipping them into song. You can go ahead and talk to those that have uh, experience or knowledge about the Underground Railroad. The slave songs that they used to sing gave them information on how to get out of town safely, or relatively so. And, well, I mean, how can I mention it without mentioning Schoolhouse Rock? But memories are weird for an individual. When we're young, we remember certain things, usually certain things that are, dare I say, traumatic we hold on to these things so much longer. We remember nightmares, which is basically just our own brain going ahead and scaring the shit out of us because it's just in freefall mode. And really, if if that's the kind of thing that you enjoy, um, sure, yeah, go ahead, drop acid. See if I care. Uh, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. But you want to do that to your brain and put it back in freefall again? Go right ahead. We remember these things sometimes more than the fun memories. Sometimes. Not always. But that's for an evolutionary advantage. If you remember things that are bad, you'll remember them more later. And since we are, of course, pattern-matching species, we'll go ahead and we'll, you know, make connections, maybe where they aren't, but you know, we can we can be safer that way because, well, even if we're wrong, a false positive and getting yourself out of Dodge can be a much better thing than, you know, trying your luck. But then you got the now. Where we have written word, where we have access to photographic evidence, video evidence, the written word the mass-produced, the instantly accessible. And we have people living longer than ever. What happens in the current day will be remembered and will be referred to. Now, we know full well Satyana had taught us that those that don't pay attention are going to relive it anyway. Yes, I'm paraphrasing. And we know full well that, to a degree, right now, that's exactly what we're seeing. And that sucks. But we've also had times where we've been able to look back and go, there were people that took a stand when they needed to. When hope seemed to have been lost. Where we needed a superhero to come out. The meme is, not all superheroes wear capes. Sometimes it just takes one person to stand up for the right thing to be exactly that person. Not too very long ago, it was one person in China. And we don't know who it was. We just call him Tank Man. 
Remember, sometimes all you need is a symbol and the bravery to smuggle out a roll of film. This is episode... I don't even remember what the hell episode. 274 on the docket, Your Honor. Malicious compliance. Now, I have to admit that part of the information that I got for tonight's show is uh, attributable to uh, Unrenode Tech to kind of help out with part of that. I saw the news story that I originally posted to the Facebook group, and uh, Tech had also found uh, another piece, and both of those are linked in the show notes, so you can kind of check out both of those. But we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and basically show where you don't have to have a superhero cape to be a hero to a whole bunch of different people. Sometimes all it takes is just following the rules down to the bitter end, and oh, how delicious it can be. We'll explain that for you. I unfortunately have no new information for you guys on the condition for Reef Badawi, which, sorry, it's it's just kind of the way that it is, because that's the way that it is. With no new information as of this week, it has now been seven years, two months, four days since Rafe Badawi was unjustly incarcerated for thought crimes. Our hopes, our thoughts are still with you and your family, and we are still hoping and waiting. And we lost Joseph. Did he just, uh... Well, he's, he was having a little bit of problem uh, hearing stuff, so... It's entirely possible that uh, he's having a little bit of uh, network issue, so we'll see how that uh, we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully, he'll be back momentarily. I'll just uh, turn off his uh, his marker for the for the time being. <laughs> uh, for those of you, um, well, in in our Discord chat, I had a Joseph, uh, Joseph had made reference to a. Um, the what he would call the Trump and Stormy. And it took a second for me to figure that out, you know, what, what he was talking about. And I finally did, and I decided to do a little bit of hunting. It turns out there is a cocktail called the Trump and Stormy. Uh, it's ginger beer, ice, lime slices, as any sort of a Moscow mule or whatever. And then you combine overproof rum and something called Vinique Glow. And apparently that's the the cocktail. No clue, no idea. Me neither. And not really going to go looking. It's just one of those things that, okay, I I know what it is now. And I'm not sure if I feel enlightened or just, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Morbid curiosity satisfied. No you know, it's like I was looking for another another drink. Uh, Joey, you might recognize the uh, what I'm about to say. Uh, it was known as the Alpha Mike Foxtrot, which is, of course, from the new A Team movie. Well, new as oh, in, well, yeah, but you, you know yeah. what that stands for, though, right? Adios. Again, I'm trying yeah, to keep this show yeah. PG, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm looking at a couple of other drinks on this same page. The Saucy Eggnog, the Death Drop, the Flaming German, Winter is Here, it's a shooter, 
on fire. And another one called the zombie. Now, okay, the zombie I've actually seen variants of. Yeah, after you drink it, you're probably going to come back as one. We'll keep that all in mind. Yeah. Joy. Cirrhosis in a glass. <laughs> oh, great. Now I got, now I got, uh, now I got Bugs Bunny. A night you, sir. Osis of the liver. Sirloin of beef. That's uh, great. That's uh, long story. Back stories. when cartoons were cartoons. <laughs> back when Acme had the uh, anti-gravity suite in the desert, but I digress. What uh. else is new? All right. So let's, let's, let's deal with the very uh, unhappy portion of this whole damn thing in the first place. What brought this whole damn thing on first is something that's called project blitz. And in the show notes, I made reference to uh, operation snow white and mentioned about how I find the two of them very, uh, very closely related and both extremely scary, to put it mildly. Uh, Bridget, I'm kind of wondering, uh, specifically, uh, Operation Snow White. Do you remember which one that one was? Or maybe you're not there at the moment and you're all muted. All right, fine. Anybody besides me specifically remember Operation Snow White? I got it. New. A criminal conspiracy by the Church of Scientology during the 1970s to purge unfavorable records about Scientology and its founder, L. Ron Hubbard. The project included a series of infiltrations into and thefts from 136 government agencies, foreign embassies and consulates, as well as private organizations critical of Scientology, carried out by church members in more than 30 countries. Uh, a direct quote from Wikipedia, in case anybody's wondering... Uh, suffice to say, this was a bunch of um, religious zealots, because I don't really want to use any other words at this point, uh, trying to get rid of the bad press. That's arguably the, the nicest way of putting it at the moment. The reason why I made the comparison is that in order for the Church of Scientology to do what it was that they did, they literally had to get their people hired into various different organizations, both governmental, official channels, as well as private areas and through private channels to get information and to find ways of um, having said information, I believe the, con the correct term is disappeared but it was a bit of a success because, um, well, take a look through the rest of that, uh, that listing over there. Uh, how many organizations were infiltrated? 136. And do they have um, a listing as to how many people were involved? I think that they did. Uh, let me take a look. If memory serves, it was something in the 20,000, I think. Hmm. Well, suffice it to say it was it was a large number of people. I think it's I think it's safe to go ahead and say that. Yeah, there were a lot of um it's a pretty in doubt it's a pretty long article, so I, I could be sitting here for the rest of the show trying to get those numbers for you. Nah, don't even worry about it. 
Um, I, I thought it was. I, uh, if I'd remembered the article correctly, I thought it was you know right right near the top of the whole damn thing, saying that it was you know so many so many different organizations and these many people were involved and uh, whatever. The the point that I was trying to get with is that Project Blitz is basically the next uh, the next incarnation of that. Only instead of being the Church of Scientology, it's effectively the evangelical Christians who are effectively trying to do the same damn thing. Get themselves into elected positions all over the place and use their influence, once they're in there, to enact the equivalent of Sharia law. Because there's no other way of describing it other than Christian Sharia. Unless somebody knows of a different uh, specific term for exactly that kind of thing, other than generic theo- uh, theocracy. Um, we can call it whatever we want as long as we know what we're talking about. Yeah, and and that's going to be the big thing is zeroing in on just exactly what we're talking about. Um, I think, again, it comes down to human behavior, but it's the same <laughs> manipulation that's been going on since... Uh, you know, it's um, funny, I had a friend of mine post this morning <clears throat> about... Um, he did a selfie, and he kind of uh, looked a lot like uh, the bust of uh, an Egyptian leader who was much loved by the people, but he never made it to power uh, through a mix of, um, I think, something to do with his sister polit- politically acting against him and corrupt priests and, uh, yeah. But he was much beloved by the people, so they made it nothing. Right, that's <laughs> so. It's not. It's happening since you know. It's. It didn't just start yesterday. Oh no! Oh no! Not by a long shot. But I, I think. I think populism and scandal have been around as long as civilization, or you know, as, as soon as humanity started looking towards forms of government. I think is when a lot of this all started. So it's, it's in there. Yeah. Well, don't, don't forget. We've only been gathering in groups slightly larger than clans uh, since only around 15,000 years. So, Oh yeah. And and that's plenty of time to, you know, we, we can undo that in a month, right? (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, Stephanie, Stephanie's got a good point. Christian Sharia, and I'm assuming quotes are supposed to be around that in order to differentiate that as a specific term. Uh, Christian Sharia works because it upsets the theocrats and everyone understands it instantly. And uh, Roxy, hi, hon, uh, is also pointing out Sharia law equals canat- canonical. I, I, think, uh, I think she meant canonical or canonical. Or is it canonical? I I I know where she's coming from. Yeah, I I I know I know what, what you mean also, but oh, yeah. uh, uh, but just like Joseph said, you know, call it by any other, <laughs> call a rose by any other name. Right now, it's still a freaking dung heap. But, Thou shalt do what I say. That's it. You know. I gotta remember. Whether, I gotta find the name of that uh, one flower that smells like a corpse when it blooms. Ooh. Ooh, I think I even know that. You know the one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. one of those, by any other name, would still smell like a dead body. Mm. <laughs> so the the problem with this whole damn thing is that 
trying to install a theocratic-leaning legislator is a problem. Succeeding is even worse. Having them completely disregard their oaths of office and their duties and responsibilities in order to be the theocrat at that point is the worst of it all. And unfortunately, we know full well that's been happening and has been happening for quite some time. Unfortunately, the problem of it is in a situation where the most popular person gets elected into positions of power, the masses, whatever they are, are the ones that will typically install whomever it is because they agree and they find them the most agreeable personality. Uh, give you an example. That's where the power is. It's in the people that, you know, yeah. put them into office. And because the smart politician, the, the smart politician that plays to their base is the one that's going to end up in office. And if your base is full of Bible thumping God hogs that, um, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> folks, I've done some traveling and I've seen some stuff and I've met some people. Bible thumping I, God hogs. I, I, I took a, I, I saw some <laughs> scary, scary stuff from my cross U.S. Uh, yeah. U.S. trips. And I mean, I see the same as well when I, when I go for, when I, when I go down there for business, of course, I have to stay professional. So I stay well out of it. Keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you do, actually. And that, that's one of the things they tell you is that, look, um, you got a religious beef with anybody that you meet in a professional setting. You keep that to yourself because when I travel for business, I'm an ambassador of the company. And you know what? I'm going to be perfectly honest, too. Uh, when I'm traveling there as myself. I still am going to, in most company, I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I'm going to be there for two, three days tops. What am I going to do there in two or three days in terms of, you know, being a rabble rouser that is going to really make much of a difference. Now, if I go down there for a convention, different story. You know, if I, wow. if I went down for uh, what reason con or something like that, oh, I'm falling down there for, huh? If only. Yeah, well, yeah, but all I'm saying is that if you go down there for for something like that, then okay, it's expected that you're going to be of that mindset. Um, and you don't yeah, even I've, want to look too much like you're thinking too much about anything. Even that's enough to set you apart. Well, what I find best, though, is if you stay quiet and listen long enough... It's like gathering intel and realizing just exactly what it is you're up against and what you, what your, what your challenge is. Yes. Yeah, you like, um, I was down in Texas and it was for work and, uh, I ended up going to this one restaurant for lunch and the waitress was like, uh, and oh yeah. And the heavens had opened up. This was the second worst rainstorm I'd ever seen in my life. The worst being every rainstorm I've seen in Pittsburgh. Uh, I know that of which I speak. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. 
Yeah. Um, I still remember Joe having to take him to the airport in the middle of one of those. Anyways. Is that what don't remind me. <laughs> yeah. Well, when the lightning sounds like it actually struck outside in the parking lot, you know you're in the middle of it. Anyways. So, of course, you know, the, the waitress at the restaurant comes up. She starts talking, and I mention the weather, and she's like, yeah, praise God, we, we really needed this rain. And I'm like, I looked across at my coworker, and we both just kind of nodded and went, okay, this is what we're dealing with. You know, go into fact-gathering mode. Do not engage. Do not argue. Because you're going to be there for about an hour, and you're never going to see them again. Yeah. What's the point? So, but <laughs> to my point, seeing people, um, seeing people like that, actually having witnessed them up close, it's very little surprise that a lot of politicians in states like that are of the religious populist bend because that's what their base is. This goes a lot deeper than just a politician. It's the populace they're serving. And for oh, better or worse, they're yeah. as religious, if not more religious, than the politician they've elected. If it you goes both ways, though, because it's often it's like it, the topic for today. You know, it's the politician that makes the religion. It's the politicians that are letting in all these, you know, the religious well, whatever the dictate, uh, the dictate wanters, um, mm -hmm. you know, one, it, it's, it goes both ways, you yeah. know, because our education is everything. And if they control our education, then. Okay. Uh, so this is kind of sort of related, sort of in a way, sure. if you, uh, not that I'm trying to plug a show or anything, No, but, go, go right ahead. Uh, I mean, plug anybody you want. Yeah. Netflix is, is running a, a short documentary series called The Family. I've seen the adverts for it. I haven't gone into it yet, though. It's creepy as hell. Which is probably why I haven't gotten into it yet. The Family. What's it about? Uh, it's about these politicians. It's like a, I don't know, secret undercover, you know, uh, Jesus kind of a thing. You know, these uh, politicians who are dominionists all want to bring everybody to Jesus, but, it, you know, vessels to serve Jesus are not necessarily perfect, so as long as you talk about Jesus a whole bunch, you can do pretty much anything that you want to, um, wow. because we're all flawed. But they started something called the National Prayer Breakfast, you know, decades oh. ago. All the presidents go to it. Um, you know, all they have to do... Push their religion on everybody. But they're but very powerful. That's that's a that also describes the complexity of the the situation because also the prayer breakfast that, that that's been around since well it became popular since Reagan. Well, but it's just what they did was not only organize it, they they also organized the press around it, which means that you know you're going to have the prayer breakfast if you've got a religious populace voting for the politicians who are invited to be there, they better damn well be there but Otherwise. it's not only here these people in the family also go to other countries and try to get them to also have prayer breakfasts and things yeah because it's working here yes 
Yeah, and that's basically what they're doing with the rise, the rise of atheism. You know, there's a small subset of the population that they're trying to shut up, of course. But um, you know, religion is dropping one way or the other. No matter how do you present it, religion is dropping here. So basically, what they're doing is offloading everything they tried here on developing countries that. Um, let's just say, education-wise, are yeah, they, not where we are here. I, I guess they realize that they're losing the fight here. So, I as an act of wise. Sorry. yeah, so as an act of self-preservation, they're trying to move to greener pastures. Yeah, yeah. So the the piece about the whole damn thing, though, is that in a in a political entity as the United States or any where religion is specific. Let me, let me, let me make sure I, I, I word this right because there's a, there's a, there's a counter I have to, I have to use with this. When you're dealing with a political entity like the United States, where mention of any religion is relegated simply to People are allowed to have whatever religious views they like, but religion and the body politic are not to commingle. And I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm highly paraphrasing. Just, just give me a second. Let me show you what the what the inverse is. When you've got a situation like that, and the populace endorses by voting into power someone who is not just religious, but willing to use their religious ideology to dictate legislation onto the rest of everybody else that isn't part or at all, that becomes a problem because that goes against what the, what the body politic says things are supposed to be set up as versus the Confederate States of America. Yes, I'm going ahead and I'm pulling out the Confederates, where their articles said very specifically that they were supposed to be for a religious theocracy, whether they wanted to word it that way or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering that they they went ahead and they talked about God, you know, right early on in their in their constitution if you can even call it that. And well, let's, let's face it. They lost, they lost big, but that's, but that's neither here nor there. If they had won or at the very least had a stalemate and continued to operate because of the way that things were lined up, one would expect that they would have specifically religious entities, religious people, getting into the body politic and using that to influence how the body politic operated towards their own religious dogma, which never ends well. Can can we simplify the discussion a bit by, let's just cut the religious element out of it. I mean, it's dictate one way, no matter how you present it. It's just like, you know, these guys want to tell they not only want to tell other humans how to live, they want, they basically, uh, 
I'm, I'm making this oversimplifying, but um, basically they want to program society. They want to put themselves in a position of, of control. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, like real dictators, they have more balls than these religious people do because they're offloading all the accountability and all the responsibility off to some imaginary friend proxy. But they're basically, they're doing the same thing. It's like and a soft dictatorship. Yeah. Well, what I find interesting, though, yeah, as far as the Confederacy goes, if you'll notice, um, there are still a few states that have in their state constitutions that if you're elected to office, you cannot be an atheist. The people, because people are utterly programmable. And right, but I just find amazing. it interesting that it's the Confederate states that and still have law on the books. Because that's where it still works. Because mm -hmm. the, the northern and either eastern states won't have it. Like, if you go back to the early U.S. history, even before it was the U.S., you had little packets, which are basically religious dictatorships. And that's how Mormonism came about. Um, and <clears throat> those were, at first, in the coastal regions, you know, where the first settlements were. And the only place they could find refuge was where... With the rise of population, you know, the development of cities and things like that, uh, that, that kind of thing just wasn't tolerated anymore. So um, it, it goes where it works. Yeah. Yeah, admittedly so. Uh, I guess what, what I was trying to get across is that what we're seeing happening shouldn't be. And I say that with a huge grain of salt. And uh, I, by the way, Stephanie, I, I, I know I've got to get to that in a, in a couple of seconds. It shouldn't. And I'm going to use an expression that I hate having to use, but we kind of have to, which is dot, 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 in an e ideal setting, dot, 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 dot. Well, we could also stickly, because you know, and what from your perspective, our, our should from our perspective, because we're people who like to think for ourselves, but then you've got a larger part of the population who actually want somebody else to think for them. So, from their perspective, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do, I do, but that's not that's so not where I'm that's kind of deciding. For others. Well, all right. all right. Let me let me let me back up a second because what you're what you're talking about, I think isn't isn't quite the piece that I'm I'm trying to make reference to over here. What okay. I'm saying what I'm saying as in in terms of in an ideal setting dot 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 uh, could also be in terms of um, under laboratory conditions. If all of the extra variables are taken out of the equation. If you were to actually look at what the body politic is supposed to do and how the charter says, and, and, and I know I'm being U.S. centric. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, I don't mean it to be as usual, but it's kind of where I'm, I'm working with at the moment, where the where the governing the uh, the governing document 
does not make any reference to religion other than to say people are allowed to have whatever religious views they want. But that isn't supposed to mingle here. In laboratory conditions, under ideal circumstances, that should not cross, it should not cross-pollinate. The legislation, legislation should not be dictated by religious dogma. And under laboratory conditions, what we're seeing is, uh, I hope you understand where I'm going here, what we're seeing now shouldn't happen and shouldn't be happening and shouldn't be allowed to happen. I'm not so sure about that because if you have um, the religious element, because, you know, whether it be from the government is not going to educate the, the, the population in religious matters or anything like that or create like one over another. But if you have, you know, this um, religious free system, um, that's between the voters and the leaders. So you've got a direct line there. But if on the side you have all these, these religious elements, these religious leaders who their followers sometimes see as more important than the political leaders, um, that's going to seep into the politic, isn't it? Because it's a democracy. The, the, the voters indoctrinated in religious ideals or programmed, if you want, um, they vote. And they're going to affect the, the resulting political body. And I think that's exactly what's happening now. And, yeah. and I agree with you. But my point is that that, e that shouldn't happen because of the way it's laid out. Because people are allowed to... Because it actually, it, it actually lays out. We're not supposed to have these things crossing over for each other. So don't do it. And, you know, we've, we've kind of talked before about how there have been, um, how do, how do we, there have been expectations of how to conduct oneself in so many different matters, including operating in the body politic. And that's not been behaving that way. But followers have no concept of that. And I, I really think people with a follower mentality who, who offload all of the accountability and responsibility and the, the, the quote-unquote work of thinking to other people, they, they, yeah. they, don't, they don't have any concept of what uh, no, I got political body... I'm sorry. No, yeah. I, got, I, got, I got you there. And this actually okay. kind of brings us over into uh, a piece that Stephanie had said uh, that's going to kind of help drive us along and get us uh, a little bit further in, into this piece. And Stephanie had said, where is it over here? Uh, the Confederates lost the battles, but do you really think they lost, given your history since that war? It is an excellent point, and this kind of works together with it all. The, I totally agree with her. They, they, they didn't. They didn't lose. Yeah. Well, the, same no, no, the shooting may have stopped, but I don't think the war. I don't think it's over. No. Yeah. No, it has not. Um, there are a number of ways of seeing that. Uh, number one of which is the 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 social view of how the civil war was the war of northern aggression, which it was not. 
it was about states' rights. It wasn't about slavery, when it absolutely was. And on top of it all, why should we be listening to you Yankees when it comes to things like education, for instance? And you guys know how you you guys know how much I just love harping on the whole education thing, and and I, I try not to, but there is a definite difference in how specifically education levels are from the northern to the southern. It's it's really hard to not notice that. And let me let me let me let me actually change that. Not necessarily from the northern to the southern it would be easier to see the difference between the highly religious versus the mostly non-religious. Those who are much more religiously inclined are typically the ones who are, well, forgive me for wording it this way, more likely to be brainwashed. I guess it's probably a really indelicate way of putting it. So the religion is the brainwashing. Yes, that's the point. That's exactly my point. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, uh, what you're trying to say is um, somebody with a religious upbringing is more open to believing uh, whatever it is that they're told. Unfounded claims. Yes. Or to manipulation. Exactly. Exactly. So now the where the problem resides with all of this and how it involves with this entire discussion is that if you have been brought up to believe that your religion, which in this country is roughly 70% of the population, is under attack from a much lesser foe, except for that whole pesky constitution thing, you're going to go ahead and believe the uh, the persecution complex, and you're going to try towards, you know, whatever it's going to take in order to stronghold yourself, whether it's legal or dubiously legal or not. Well, and that's exactly what this whole damn thing is about. It's a beautiful setup. Yep. You think about it. Why are you poor? Why why is your house a piece of crap? Why do you, you have 14 you, teeth? Whatever. You've prayed, you've tithed, you've gone to church every Sunday, yet your condition has not improved. Why? Well, then the religious leader says, well, that's because your faith is under attack by these Satanistic worldview uh, they will say atheist. They will say Democrat. They will say Commie whatever. Other. They will say other. whatever. Anybody to, but me. Yes. Yeah. To further entrench you into continuing to do what you do because that's the preacher's meal ticket. You know, look, look at. Uh, <laughs> Nothing drives people all, together more than having a common enemy. Well, look at my favorite spokesperson for dental dams, Joel Osteen. Uh, look, that guy's got dental work that even Bill Gates couldn't afford. I'm not wrong. 
Okay. Oh, you're not. I, All right. Not not what I was thinking. You remember we were talking about music earlier? Not yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Not what I was thinking. But, but, but to my point, you know, th- this guy is worth megabucks. You know, you look, you look at his church. I mean, well, it's, mm-hmm. I know hockey teams that would love to have a church like that, if you know what I mean. If people started doubting him or people started realizing that the reason they're poor is not because their faith is under attack, but because they've been duped into foregoing their own sense of personal responsibility and trusting. And this is something I, I, I want to get into at some point. That, well, 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 wait, wait a minute. That, let, that's let, my let point, Del- Joseph. Yeah, let Dallin yeah. finish okay. this a little bit. These people are putting their, their trust, their faith into a person who has said, I will take care of you without any kind of forethought because they're so desperate. And we've they crossed depend on him for survival. Right. We've talked about this before, where yeah. if you are ground down so far to the point that even the illusion of a spark of light of hope is presented before you, even though every, every neuron is screaming that it's wrong, you're still going to go for it because the overriding psychological thing is it has to be better than what I'm dealing with right now. But by the time they realize it's too late, eh, it's too late. But to my point, if the trust began to waver and people started to leave and that almighty tithe was no longer coming in, Olstein's teeth number might go from 36 back down to 14 in a few years because he wouldn't be able to upkeep the, uh, the dental work. So naturally, they're going to say whatever they can to inspire enough fear of something worse to secure their own security. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying really hard not to laugh right now because I'm I'm trying to picture what it would be like when the repo man comes over and knocks on Joel Steen's door. We want your bridge. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, that's no joke. Those damn things are expensive. No, I, I know, I know, I know. I guess this, this is why you know this is why most insurance companies, self included, they include a comprehensive dental plan. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of have to. I have to get that that thing separate. I mean, I got, I have to get a crown installed. They want like six hundred bucks on top of what my insurance will pay. It's like you know what, I'll um, I'll save up for it because I know if I don't, I'm going to pay for it later, in you know pain. Yeah. But yeah, dental, optical, whatever. Do what Gobber did. Do what Gobber did. Just use a just use a stone, man. It's easy that way. But going back to to Olstein, you know, if you look at um. Olstein followers, he, basically what you're looking at is, uh, okay, in Olstein's case, it's a, it's a pretty big clan, but it's still the clan mentality. Mm-hmm. And True. everybody in it, they're united, um, well, they're almost all united in, in one thing, that's hope that he's dangling in front of them. Yeah. There, there's well, a I, few things I, going on. I mean, they, they basically offloaded the, the, their own their accountability, the responsibility for their own survival onto somebody else. They, they're relying on somebody else to mm-hmm. tell them what's best for them yeah. for survival and all that. And I'm not even certain that you know, you're talking about people who are living in shitty conditions. Yeah. You know, the human state is so complex. I mean, somebody who's constantly lived in shitty conditions 
may not even be aware that their conditions are shitty. Well, you know, just maybe subconsciously they may have a feeling of like yeah. uh, insatisfaction or unhappiness or disgruntlement or something like that. Well, and, but, and, and that's when they're the being told too. on the on the level that yeah, you're you're great the way you are, you're perfect, you know, because that's also part of the message. Oh, you're with Jesus, you're fine, you're great, you're better than the others. It's it's a whole mixed bag of manipulation going on there, but it, but it all comes down to a mass of people just foregoing their their the responsibility for their own survival. Yeah. Well, the other side of that too, though, is if they're expecting to be rewarded in heaven because they're suffering here, it makes them work okay with suffering here. You know, it makes them accept it easier. Well, that's a double carrot. That's two carrots on one stick. <laughs> you know, oh, they, they, they dangled yeah. the hope of things getting better in this life while also dangling the hope that, oh, in the next life it's going to be better. Yeah. yeah. No, there, there's a lot of, um, there's a lack of people taking personal responsibility these days and they want, it's not so much that they need, but they, they want someone else to do it because adulting is hard or may, okay. Maybe they don't know any better. Uh, maybe they feel they can't get any, get anywhere else. And the, the people who are in power right now want them to stay there because a, a, again, the, the like second you, said, you it's a beautiful system. Yeah. The second you, the, the second you lose faith in your rulers, and they suddenly no longer have that moral carrot to dangle in front of you. They get scared. As soon as you become responsible for your own survival, which means also thinking for yourself. Um, yeah. yeah. Things look a hell of a lot different. Yeah. And it's, <sighs> it's a switch almost. And I'm almost certain I, I can't, I, I keep on looking back to my own experience because that's all I've got for an example and not unfortunately I'm not a mind no. reader but it, I think it's almost a switch that happens around adolescence uh, it happens it earlier is. in some people later in others well it, it is a switch that happens in adolescence but a lot of it has to do with um, a lot of your upbringing too like did your parents or okay I use parent in a general term I'm not talking, I'm not necessarily mean biological, but whoever it was who raised you, did they no teach you? Yeah. Or guardians for, for let, guardians let's go for, for parental figure. Thank you. Parental figure. I can't well, believe I just, I can't believe I just had to trip over that to try to get my point across. Thanks. Anyways, my point being whoever it is who raised you, if they taught you that, you know, life is not easy and that if they could prepare you even for something as something as mundane as how to wash your clothes, how to cook, how to clean, how to organize your life in such a way so that when you are out on your own, you can fall back on these things to keep yourself in order to, to make sure that your house is in order so that you you can go out into the world without thinking about the crap you have at home. You know, like, are, are you truly prepared to be an adult? 
You know, it's funny that, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for monopolizing things today. Uh, but uh, <laughs> That's fine. I usually I, do. I, so. I'm thinking, you know, this fact that you know, the Republicans are always harping on uh, this, this ideal post-Second World War um, golden era. You know. The glory the, days. Well, yeah. The, I look at my grandparents, for example. Um, the system was just so entrenched. Which means, um, basically, your education is if you do X and Y in life, you will have Z as a reward. Yeah, that's it's basically carrot and stick because you know, and mm -hmm. it's the people who organize the the system who dictate this. But we were so entrenched into this. I mean, even down to the the male female model, you know, the mother father uh, parenting system, where you would have men with no fucking idea how to cook even they were, they were so entrenched into this system yeah Whereas and that was to their detriment everything was rules basically you know what 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 rule forbids me from learning how to cook I, I'm not sure if I'm being clear about that, but I, no, I, 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 I get it. No, it was a, uh, it was social the constructs say at the that time. This should be like this, and I'm following the rules, and it's working for me. So I come home to my hot, ready-made meal, and uh, you, you okay. know what the ironic Which, thing about that is, um, you, you're saying about men not being able to cook. Yet, as I recall, at that time, most professional chefs were male. Well, here in France, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Well, but, but let's let's let that sink in. Well, why you know, do you think I'm living here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for, forgive me for for kind of putting the brakes on at this point. Um, I think the problem is that uh, we're getting way off the beaten path of where we're really needing to end up talking through. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong; points are completely valid. Just. I don't think that we're really germane to where where we're dealing no. with at the moment. <laughs> no, so no. I'm going to kind of really roll this one back a lot right now. Yeah, go for it. So, mm. so the points that uh, I was trying to get to, and uh, I, I think I can kind of pull this along, though, is that these groups who have been trying to instill, and to kind of use the, the expression you were going with, the good old days of where, you know, the folks who were proudly religious because they were not the hedonistic, godless, atheist, pinko, commie bastards, the outsider others. Yeah, there's there's a drive to kind of pull that back into the mix because, well, you know, this is kind of what folks would really like. However, the problem is the way that they're trying to go about that is by installing sectarian law whether people like it or not by whittling away and whittling away and whittling away and chipping here and chipping there and that's where this whole damn thing has really pissed people off to a great extent I'm gonna throw out a name here and I don't remember if I've got it right and I think Bridget might actually remember is it is it Michael um Nudhouse? Am I thinking of the right guy? The guy that's uh, been... Uh, Nudow. I'm sorry? Nudow. Nudow, okay. Uh, who has been trying 
unfortunately unsuccessfully to have litigation regarding the current national motto and get it rolled back. The current motto in the United States is In God We Trust. It's annoying, to put it mildly. I grew up believing, even though it turned out uh, I was wrong, it changed apparently in the 50s, thanks, the de facto and previously utilized national motto was the Latin E Pluribus Unum, from many, one. Or one from many, depending as to how you want to translate it. The idea that these 48 states at the time, 13, 23, 48, however many, it was all one country when all was said and done. Really didn't work out that way in a lot of ways, but it was a much better and inclusive concept. And now that these people have been steadily getting themselves into positions of legislation, they have been steadily trying to push not only for the the inclusion of In God We Trust wherever they can, because, well, it's the national motto. I mean, how can you argue with that? And that's where what specifically happened. There are a couple of states where they are saying that in public schools... The national motto, and you can hear the air quotes in my voice, I hope, <laughs> must be shown in public schools in very obvious places where people would be able to see it, because it's like one of the few things that they're supposed to see without it necessarily being in big neon letters. Although, I would love that, because I would love to have kids just go ahead and just, you know, bring to school a whole bunch of uh, uh, boomerangs, and that's just me. Now, there are some groups that have said, okay, it's supposed to be this big, and it should be visible and have all these different things that, you know, give you an idea of where it is. But like I was saying in the, uh, in the thing earlier, there are some groups that have said, okay, you want us to go ahead and put up the national motto of In God We Trust, and that's all that you want us to do? Okay, we'll go ahead and obey the letter of the law. And in one case, yeah. one, one school district got the backsides of the $1 bill. I know that's a foreign concept to you guys up there in, in Canada way. The $1 bill that actually has In God We Trust printed on it and put those up thereby symbolically showing what they want, but also being able to say, well, there's plenty of pieces of interpretation to it. There are those that have gotten uh, signs from, I forget which which atheist group it was, that has In God We Trust. But the poster also includes a whole bunch of information that says this was started in the 1950, whatever the hell year it was. And prior to that, it was in bigger, much bigger letters, E Pluribus Unum. And, yes. and American Atheists. American Atheists. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the article about that is also in the uh, in the show notes. And, you know, you want to go ahead and have us do what you want to do? Okay, we'll go ahead and do exactly what you told us to do. Exactly what you told us to yeah. do. 
Now, this is where it gets to be funny to me. What happens when your intentions come out and you effectively get DJ rule zeroed? For those of you that don't know about that, I'll explain in a minute. (laughs) And you get screwed over because you weren't specific enough. Now, to to really quickly explain, DJ Rule Zero is something I started a while ago, which states, and I quote, the DJ is a dick. When I'm DJing online, which I do several times a week, not right now because I'm off duty, if somebody has a name, looks a certain way, says a certain thing, acts a certain way, if for some reason or other they remind me, for whatever reason, of a song, I'll blame them won't explain it, and we'll just play whatever the song is. Sometimes it's got nothing whatsoever to do with, with whatever theme I'm doing otherwise, but, you know, I, I will I will do that. <laughs> and there are times where this gets to be really hilarious, let me tell you. Uh, for instance, people that want to go ahead and say, dude, Freebird, fine, you know what? Here, here's, here's, a, here's a Dixie version of Freebird for you. Here, here's, here's a version on Calliope, you know, that kind of thing. Because yeah, which is, cover ever. Yeah, which I was going to say is probably better than the original. If I'm being it, perfectly it, honest, it, it could be. It could be. Yeah. I've I've got I've got a. Yeah, don't ask me to do uh, "Tainted Love" uh, from 1985. Don't look that up. Really, don't yeah. look that up. Well, and then then you've got people you know who who are on to you about DJ Rule Zero because I am a I am. A devotee. DJ a devotee, yes. Let's put it that way. Um, and we, we've both seen it where, you know, people will, will then, um, you know, they'll explicitly throw stuff out there uh, in hopes of being DJ Rule Zero. I'm looking at you, Felis. Uh, <laughs> 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 it was a regular on both our shows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and and the whole malicious compliance. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I'm I'm speaking to the choir here, but... There is a subreddit called r slash malicious compliance where people tell stories of following the letter, if not necessarily the spirit of the rule or the law. I've just recently started listening to, um, there's a few YouTubers out there, uh, Karma Comet Chameleon is one, yep. another one called r slash, where they actually get permission to read some of these stories um, on YouTube. And some of the malicious compliant ones are just... They're delicious, aren't un- they? Uh, it's shot... It, it, Shodden, ask yourself, how much more... I know you were trying to go... Yeah, with that? I don't know. I, 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 was, I was trying to phrase it. How much more can you get? Then you get into the revenge subreddits. Pro, <laughs> or petty, pro, nuclear, supernova. And some of those are... These are movie scripts, man. Yeah, I'm not kidding. If you could do like a rom-com with some of these nuclear revenge stories, you'd have a blockbuster. I'm not kidding. No, I, I, I'm with these you. Are, these are every like, um, oh God, uh, what was his name? Um, oh, we did a lot of the movies like that, uh, like Better Off Dead. Um, oh, what was his name? Him and his sister are both in Hollywood. John something or other. Uh, anyways, but stuff like that where you wrong, you, you just you tick off the wrong person, and suddenly your life is flushed down the toilet. Yep, like like some of these ones I've seen are just like 
some of them are almost unbelievable. And I know sometimes people will call them out saying that was a fake story, but it's, it's entertaining and sad at the same time. It's entertaining because, okay, somebody's getting the justice, but it's sad because of the circumstances that lead up to this happening really makes you lose faith in certain parts of humanity. Just saying. Yeah. Cusack. Th- thank you, Ryan. John Cusack is who I was thinking. Of. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Let me, uh, let me give you guys a, a real quick, a, a real quick um, militia compliance that I know from somebody that went to the Air Force Academy once upon a time ago. They were coming back from uh, lacrosse practice. They were uh, first year. And coming up into their dorm, turn the corner down the hallway and see all of their other first-year guys in the hallway at rock-solid attention with their ID cards under their chins. So that, you know, that's because that's how you're supposed to figure out where, you know, your, uh, your, your, uh, whatever, you know, how far down your chin is supposed to be, you know, so, and they're getting hugely dressed down by one of the upperclassmen. I forget what year it was. Doesn't matter. So he goes in there, he, he sees what's going on and he realizes, you know, what's going on is just like, okay. Goes into his room, puts down his lacrosse stuff, comes outside, does the parade turn, goes down to the end of the line, turns back in, gets into place and rocks all at attention with the rest of the guys. Guy comes over, screaming, red in his face, nose to nose, spittle flying almost. You don't have your ID card under your chin. You are not uniform with everybody else. Go ahead and fix this and make sure that you are right and everybody is uniform with you. Sir, yes, sir. Takes a step forward, does a parade step to the left, takes one pace, reaches up with his hand. Toink. Kicks out the ID card. Takes another step down. Toink. Goes all the way down. Comes all the way back. Puts himself back into place. His guys are trying their hardest not to say a damned word. And the other upperclassmen with him are holding the guy back and have to take him away. When you don't make it up apparently clear exactly what it is that you want don't be surprised when somebody creative goes ahead and screws you over that's exactly this kind of thing now the fun part of this whole thing is it isn't just american atheists that have done this kind of thing with the malicious compliance part i'm looking at people like reap bridget Mm-hmm. Who is Reap? Um, he is with the Satanic Temple. And what have they done over the last couple of years that's made malicious compliance a thing of beauty? Well, they have uh, protested the trying to think what it is, the waiting periods in uh, Missouri for abortion because it violates their religious freedoms. That's one of them. If there happens to be a Ten Commandments uh, monument placed on you know, government property, then they will you know, make a, a, 
bust of Baphomet and put him up there too because I just want equal time. That's mm-hmm. trying to after school. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, and the good news clubs and things like that um, that hand out you know uh, activity books to kids and things like that. They have their own satanic activity book. I'm and, those out. And the last one of them all that I just love. How many times are there town hall meetings that start with something that is less than legal in a lot of cases? You know less what these prayer? Yes, they come in and they say, "Hey, you've got uh, you've got uh, you've got prayers, huh? Um, we would like equal time because you've never had one of us and." Uh, look at that. Uh, according to your records, 95% of your opening prayers have been from the same uh, church group. I wonder why that would be. We'd like a chance at that. We'll roll the d20 and see if we come up with something other than one. It's amazing how quickly they uh, they stop doing the prayer services at the beginning of town hall meetings at that point. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I've seen... Uh, <laughs> you said d20. Apparently they're coming up with a, there's a company that has a new D20, but where the one used to be is now an expletive. Yes. Which is what most, <laughs> which is what most tabletop gamers will shout when they roll Let's that particular number anyway. Yep. <laughs> yep. I want them. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's funny. My sister in crime, Cheska would absolutely adore that, but that's a whole other thing for later. Yeah. Um, you see, I like this when it, when it comes to dealing with a lot of these people who are trying to stir up conflict between church and state. I like it when it's humorously mocking, like when, when they can mock it like this, you'll get a good laugh about it. Um, yeah, and Stephanie just uh, just hit the nail on the head in the chat there. Yep, thank the you. The sweetest part is that the Satanic Temple is acknowledged. At, is acknowledged as a church by the U.S. government and is, as I recall, now a five hundred one c three. Yep, that's mm-hmm. why that's why they've got that that uh, recognition now. Yeah, so it is on par with Joel Olstein. Any, any. <laughs> if we're gonna go ahead and pick on him, I mean, we haven't we haven't well, we haven't picked on the Amish Wolverine in too long either. So, well, yeah, I but mean, you know what? at least give them equal footing, you know. Yes. Yeah, you know, and and we we've picked on Ken. Um, actually, one of our um, one of my other uh, local heroes out here, Jazz Cross, is uh, taking dead aim at Ken Holvin lately, uh, which is always fun. Uh, she's uh, she's also known as Pixie on uh, In the Name of God, the podcast, uh, is a contributor, but uh, she lives around here, and oh, some of the stories she tells are just so delightful. You- Oh, it's this way on on the screen now. I gotta yeah. keep track of this to which way my camera's pointed now. Um, uh, Roxy just in Alaska that ended up having to let. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Roxanne said uh, we had a town here in Alaska that ended up having to let the Satanic Church give the opening evocation. Beautiful. You see, th- this this is what I'm I curious like to see. Hmm? I'm curious to see how that went. You know what? Um, 
would be very interesting to find out. Yeah, uh, because I have I have the distinct impression that yeah they would have they would have done it and you know gotten the right to do it and been forceful about it, but when actually doing it. I would not be surprised to find out that they did it as cordially and as uh, universally acceptable as possible. But would that not be the peanut butter sandwich of it all? To, like, you know, they get all this fear mongering, they come in and they, they, they say something that is completely humanistic, which is basically what that church is all about. Mm-hmm. Or largely, they're largely humanists. Yep. Oh, I um, think I, f- I think I found it. It was uh, it was back in June. It looks like. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Government meeting in Alaska began with a prayer to Satan. Yeah, I'm finding listings for it some uh, in in June. Uh, I'm I'm finding a whole bunch from HuffPo, Townhall.com, The Hill, Fox News. I'm gonna have fun looking that one over. their headline oh you sons okay what the headline for the fox news article says hear it uh let me pull it up over here it says come on you know anytime chrome that would be really nice for you to go ahead all right from the google result uh where's it over here woman's hail satan invocation prompts walkout from alaska town and Whoa. from alaska town from meeting. roxanne said half the council members walked out just before yeah and you see that's to me that's a good thing yep because Look, post-World War II, uh, the, the West was trying to rebuild itself. I mean, yeah, we won the war. Doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, how, how, many, how many didn't come back? How many families were shattered? So you're trying to build things up. You're, you're going to those traditional things because you're going with what, you know, is consistent. What was consistent back then. That's long past now. You know, you've got people of differing religions. I, you will not believe the conversation I had today with, uh, I went got a new cell phone today. And I was talking with a guy who his parents are from Afghanistan. He's scared to travel because he has Afghan heritage. He's a Canadian. But because of the way he looks, the second custom sees him. I mean, and I've I've told stories about this before. I mean, the the one guy that was stopped by the by customs, and they kept asking him, "Where were you born?" I was born in Canada. No, 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 sir. Where were you born? I was born here. No, I don't think you're hearing the question. Where were you born? Where are you from? And the guy said, "Okay, I didn't want to have to do this." He reached into his pocket. He pulled out his wallet. He flipped the wallet open. The customs guy shut his trap. He was law enforcement, wasn't he? Hmm? He was law enforcement, wasn't he? He was. He was, in fact, Calgary Police Service. Yep. And the guy just looked and went, yeah, have a nice day. I was abjectly disgusted 
when I heard that. Yep, and rightly so, because uh, I, I, I didn't want to go ahead and say it, but I'll say it in this particular case. My simple reaction to it right off the bat was, yeah, fucker. Mm-hmm. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I almost wish he could have arrested him for harassment at that point, but I, I don't know. There's, there's something there. Freaking annoying. But, you know, but, and having talked to this guy, and I mean, he was, uh, I, I felt really bad because he was a kid. Like we're, we're talking about cell phone history and I told him about, you know, the first cell phone I had. And he says, I don't even remember when those came out. I'm like, I realized with horror, he probably wasn't even born at that point. I felt really old after that. And I went to a store that had like, um, oh, different kinds of candies and stuff back from when we were kids. Mm. Great place. They, they actually have soft drinks made with real sugar. <gasps> Anyways. Um, But I've seen so many of these cultural norms or what we've, what we've come to know as cultural norms being shattered just because of the fact that there, there's different people now, you know, Muslims in America were, I imagine we're pretty much unheard of back when a lot of these, you know, laws and traditions were trolled out, but Things are changing. And that, that's the thing. Things are changing and you've got to be agile enough to change with them or at least recognize that you have to accommodate for other people now. Even if, even if you're still the majority in that area, you still have to acknowledge that you've got other, that things have changed even in your little community. This whole in God we trust thing is... I can kind of understand where it's coming from because it's not just an homage to the good old days. It's the fact that things are changing. People are uncomfortable and they're willing to do whatever it takes to try to get back to that blissful Soma induced state of bliss that they had 40, 50 years ago where they had control or where things were at least familiar I, I'm uh, the, the tinfoil hat's not quite on for me as much you to say what? that it has to do with complete author- authoritarian control, but I think there's a little bit to do with a sense of familiarity, predictability, um, st- their idea of stability, which is now being thrown to the side. You know what? Hold on a second, because uh, I don't think that my saying when they had control was was quite right. Uh, I don't think that I'm necessarily wrong. But it might be it might be more accurate to say when they had it good. That's another way of putting it. Yeah, um, which is not necessarily the same thing. I mean, no. If there's if there's one thing that we've learned when when we have what we need, mm. we have far fewer things to worry about. When you are in a video game and you use cheats to have god mode, forgive me, you don't worry about certain things like uh, resources or having to protect yourself or yeah. a whole bunch of other things. And yes, I'm looking at you, freaking Minecraft, coming back again and, and screwing everything over. Yeah, see, Shu, Shu likes his god mode, but me? 
apparently I am I am a masochist. You just Do- like setting oil wells on fire. That's that was I not like his what? fault. That was not like his what? fault. <laughs> setting setting oil uh, uh, oil plumes on fire. I did not. You did set not. it on fire. You did. There not. was a lightning strike very close to a <laughs> nuclear reactor. <laughs> That had an oil spill in the water nearby, mind you, that was put out with milk. It, it, thousands and thousands of buckets of milk. I remember that. Things, I that, only, server. things that only happen in Feed the Beast. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Anyway, yeah. the, the point of this whole damn thing is, though, um, you know, when... When we have fewer things to worry about, obviously the overall world suck goes down. I mean, there, there's it's it's a truism. There's there's no other way to put it. When world suck goes down, people are happier. People are less stressed about a whole bunch of different things. They are more inclined to just, you know, not screw other people over, thinking that they need to get theirs. Let, let me wax a little philosophical here. That's kind of our job here. So, yeah, go. Yeah, ahead. I know. So, back then, there was a sense of order. Now, what I mean by order is that you have a sense of familiarity of your surroundings and the people you're with. A sense of predictability. Because you were so familiar with your surroundings and with the people you were around... You knew what their behavior was like. You could very easily predict, you know, you say good morning to these people, they will say good morning back. And maybe they will say it in such a way that you come to expect it that way. It, it's, it's order. It's what they consider good. But it can also be stagnant if you're not careful. The opposite of order, chaos, unpredictability, stress, unfamiliarity. So a new neighbor comes in. Maybe they don't look like who you're used to seeing. Maybe they speak with a with an accent of some kind. And maybe when you say good morning to them, they kind of look at you funny. Because maybe they're not maybe where they're from, they're not used to saying good morning. Or maybe it means something else. Suddenly there's that discomfort. There's that ripple in the pond. People don't know how to adjust. And as that chaos grows, as you get more and more of this unfamiliarity into the system, the discomfort grows to the point where you're willing to do anything or try anything to try to reestablish some sense of order. But rather than trying to understand the chaos you have and deal with it, you try to push it out or you try to exclude it or you try to reset yourself to the state that your society was back when, as you said, when things were good or when things had a sense of order. And I think that's where this in God we trust has come from is that they're trying to, they're playing a nostalgia card, basically. They're trying to think that if everybody goes back to being the God-fearing people that they were X number of years ago when, when that first phrase came out, that things will be good again. You know, you'll be back in your salad days. And Stephanie, back then there were unions, decent wages, and a belief in community. Then came Reagan. Yes. 
Absolutely, so, 100% yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and the other thing, too, even before Reagan, uh, there was the Cold War. And I hate to say this, but the threat of that common enemy, I think, did a lot for things like national unity, patriotism, dare I say it, but nationalism in that you were putting America first. You believed in that country. You believed in its prosperity. Not, that's not a bad thing. Uh, well, let's, let, let's be, let's be sure because nationalism is the bad one. Uh, okay. So let's go with patriotism. Patriotism? Okay. Okay. But unfortunately, that also came along with things like paranoia, the McCarthy trials, the Red Scare. Yes. The yeah, I, I'm, people, not, I'm not saying the whole thing no, no, is perfect. No, no, no. I, I know. But I, I want to make sure that if, if we're going to paint the picture, you know, I, I give a little bit more on that one because yeah. the piece that I know a little something extra about, uh, including people who were in Hollywood, who were branded, figuratively speaking, as communist sympathizers who were forced out of jobs, who were blacklisted, blackballed, no longer allowed to work in uh, in movies or TV, which was a fledgling thing, not allowed to even teach on their own, and where mm-hmm. a lot of them literally drank themselves to death. And yeah. I don't see that quite easily. Um I, I mean, if 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 we want to go ahead and, and ask, you know, Bridget, I don't know that you would know, but literally drinking alcohol to one's death would not be the most um, comfortable of ways of having people die, I would assume. Well, I mean, it depends on how, how quickly they drink. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah, if they drink it quickly enough, they'll just, like, black out and uh, have... Just not wake up. Yeah, over time, yeah. Uh, there were a number of them that uh, that basically drank themselves to death over the course of uh, months. So, well, yeah, that yeah. would be painful, and that, mm-hmm. you know, having cirrhosis of the liver would not be a picnic. Yeah, yeah uh, as far as ulcers, anything like that. Yeah, uh, Phyllis, as far as Danny K, I don't recall. I don't think so. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. The only one that I remember very specifically, because I did a piece on him, was, and I forgot what the hell his name was, the gentleman who PBS, or fledgling PBS, took a chance on the gentleman who portrayed Mr. Hooper on Sesame Street. He was one of those people that was reduced to scraping by with doing what little teaching he was able to do in the art, because he was one of those that was blacklisted. And the folks that were just starting up Sesame Street knew him and wanted him for the position, for the job. And he got passed over several times. No, 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 we don't want him. Until finally they said, okay, it's on your head for hiring him if anything goes south. And for those of us that are old enough to remember him, he Uh was one of the most beloved characters. And he is an actor that I... I still think of fondly and I still tear up thinking about him. Yeah. The only Danny K reference I can find is, is K with an E and let me do a quick check here. I believe he was the one that sang uh, inchworm 
on, uh, yeah, on the um, show. There, there's nothing in Wikipedia about that one uh, being on trial for anything. And uh, he actually died of heart failure. In the mid-70s, uh, I think? No, March 3rd, 1987, at age 76, brought on by internal bleeding and complications of epsi. Oof. Uh, oh, he had quadruple bypass surgery in, in 1983 and contracted hep C from a blood transfusion. Oh, crap. Oh, that's awful. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, okay, so, but, but that aside, like, okay, the trials, that sucked. The paranoia, it sucked. But, and again, speaking as an outsider, what I saw was the, the Cold War, I, I, would, I would say for the most part, was still, I would say, again, as an outsider, speaking very high level, it was a way to bring people together because there was the red menace at the time. Right. There were a lot of other things uh, politically that brought the stuff together, uh, including things like the space race. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, there were other things that happened that were political, like the... Uh, the domino theory. Yay. Thanks guys. So, you yeah. know, Cambodia and, and, uh, Vietnam, and what missile crisis, but here's the beauty of it. What happens with that domino theory? Once, you know, Russia, I, I, was it Yeltsin that did it? Uh, no, Gorbachev, Gorbachev. Yeah. Gorbachev loosened up the leash. And what happened to all those Warsaw Pact Eastern Bloc countries. Uh, once, once the leash had been loosened just a little bit, I think they're still dealing with the fallout, aren't they? <laughs> it was the it was the domino effect, all right, but not mm -hmm. in the direction that everybody was afraid of. Yeah, but the thing is, and, and you, but you look past that now. You look at um, what was the next? What was the next big thing? It was Gulf War One. Then Gulf War II, there was, and I honestly think Gulf War II was another one of those extreme examples of trying to play the nostalgic card. Because, you know, because uh, nothing brings a country together like having an enemy. At least that's some people's philosophies. Uh, hold on a second. I don't know what's going on, but near the end of whatever it was that you were saying, your mic just dipped completely, oh. just turned off, and then came back on again. Okay, you still got me. Yeah, do, but okay, uh, I've it had might have been a bandwidth thing. It could have been because I've 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 heard it a couple of times before, and I was trying to figure out what the what the okay. thing was. Remember, remember, guys, earlier. Remember what I said? It's uh, art, science, kind of setup thing, quirky. Yeah, sorry. Just yeah, we'll wake at it. We're, 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 we're. Um. Okay, so what I was saying is that. I, I think some politicians believe that nothing brings a country together like a common enemy to fight. Which is true, unfortunately. It's true. Which is why we're still waiting for those damned aliens. Come on, guys. Well, that's, and, and that is a sad but true thing, is that it, it would take an alien invasion, I think, to unite the It did it again. It did it again. Uh, to unite the world. It would take an alien invasion. Or crab people. Um, whatever. It, it, it just seems really tragic that that in order to unite people, the goal has to be 
because we all need to fight somebody. It's yeah. really sad. And that's exactly what's what's been causing this whole thing with the the uh, with the blitz. They are under the impression the evangelical right, the sorry, the no, uh, that that is that is the correct way of looking at it at this point. The evangelical right, the conservative Republicans who are the ones that have been, you know, getting themselves <laughs> elected into positions of authority so that they can is so that they can implement you know, religious doctrine and, and said it is codified law. And to kind of pull this back to how I was talking earlier with the, with the opening, you know, the Klingons once said, we do not forgive and we do not forget when this is all done. And the pendulum yet again swings, you can bet your ass that all of the mistakes of not codifying correctly? Oh, you can well imagine that the progressive democratic liberals, when, when, not if, when the pendulum swings back around to their side of the fence, oh, you can bet they're going to go ahead and railroad a whole bunch of sweeping changes in order to get this shit cleared out. But the problem as always, is probably going to be that they're not going to push hard enough. That they will simply push to let's just set the playing field back to even again, guys. Can we even agree to that? No? Well, come on, please. Which, I know, Dallin, I know, Dallin, you're going to be the one to go ahead and say, and you know what? It's going to be their own damn fault when they do it, because that's exactly what they're going to go ahead and goddamn do. All I can say is this. Seeing what I've seen lately, reading what I've read. On the liberal side, there's a lot of rage, a lot of anger. You're missing something. And I have said this since the day the orange man got into office. Have all the rage you want. Have a nuclear rage building on your party. But get a goddamned lens and focus it. You're not doing that. All I'm seeing right now in the in the DNC primary or whatever it is right now, the debates and stuff like that, I'm watching the party that wants to do things right. I'm watching it eat itself. Yeah. And I'm really scared that at the end of it all, whoever is in charge is not going to be in any kind of shape to do much except try to pull together the strings of a very, very divided party. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Joe, you were going to say something? Yeah. Disclaimer, the staff and friends of HCTV do not condone the use of nuclear materials in political protests. No, only for electricity and power. Well. And medical isotopes. No. Dad. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, uh, sadly, I, having had very little background, politically speaking, I don't have a whole lot of examples that I can go into as far as my 
malicious complaints goes for the political spectrum. However, but oh, don't do that again. That I hurt. can don't oh, do that sorry. again. Sorry, but however, um, there is something to be said when um, malicious compliance is used on smaller scale items. And in that place, it can be absolutely hilarious. Specifically, one, one regard that I have lots of experience with, military, because orders are orders, right? Yep. Now, I've, I've run into some beautiful examples in my time. For example, uh, there was an Air Force unit that was doing its uh, uh, morning PT with Army units. Army units are required to wear a reflective belt. You've probably seen the bright yellow lime color belts that we wear. Different. They're not technically required by the, the regulation on uniforms, but it's a unit requirement usually. <clears throat> because all the PT uniforms of all the military uh, services have reflective elements in them, which is why... For the Air Force, a lot of their units say, screw, screw the reflective belt. One, one such unit, uh, like I said, was doing their PT runs and such with uh, an Army unit. When the, Army's sar when the Sergeant Major of the unit came over and said, you can't run with in formation with us if you don't have a reflective belt. So they sent some of their guys back to go get their reflective belts. Meow, meow. And, uh, here's the thing. Because they weren't required to have the reflective belts, they had some rather impressive ones. Uh, for example, a, and I'm just quoting the gentleman's description here, a bejazzled bright pink one, a rainbow colored one. Oh, that must have worked note, well. Note, this was in the midst of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And, uh, yeah, they made the most fabulous Air Force formation ever. Uh, another great example was a, was a young soldier whose uh, or his CO, his captain, decided randomly that the unit was going to go on a ruck march, and they were required to have a I believe, uh, how, how much was it? Uh, 10 kilogram or 22 pound rucksack for 12 miles. Now, this soldier completed his, uh, his ruck march, but his rucksack, 10 pounds. And he finished. He finished his uh, march way ahead of everybody else in his unit. The captain was standing at the finish line with a scale. Looks at the soldier and says, All right, drop your ruck right here on the scale. He drops it. Scale breaks in two. Because, because. this... 
this young buck was training to become a. Yeah, I can't do this. Yeah, uh, I've got my audio being piped back to hmm. me. There you go. Um, he was training to be uh, transferred to special forces. He completed his ruck march with a 50 kilogram ruck, 110 pounds, and completely destroyed the captain's scale, thereby pretty much giving everybody else in the ruck march a free pass. <laughs> he didn't violate orders, though. No, yeah. he did not. It sounds like one I just read today. Um, a guy worked for like a Best Buy or something. And the dress code was uh, shirt and tie. And I guess one day he forgot his tie or he, he forgot it at home. And it was a 40 minute, it was an 80 minute round trip to go back and get it. Well, his manager completely screamed at him for not having his tie and everything and his shirt not being quite right. He tried to explain it. He said, no, just go home and uh, get your tie. Instead, because there was no stipulation in the rules, which he had a copy of now, there was no distinction as to what kind of tie or how white did the shirt necessarily have to be. So... He went and and this guy was actually a bit of a tie aficionado, so he's he's got the good stuff at home. Yeah, he also knew where to find the bad ties. He showed up at work the next morning looking like something right out of the seventies. You know, big tie, button down shirt. It looked terrible, but according to the rules, he was. He was in scope and he was dressed accordingly. He did that right up until the day he quit the job and bequeathed his, his expansive collection of crap ties to the rest of his coworkers who apparently kept their tradition going, I think to this day. So here's there's, some, there's something to be said for malicious compliance. Yes. Yep. My, so my absolute, I have to say though, my absolute favorite was one that I got to personally experience. Uh, we had a we had during deployment we had a major uh, who was not in our chain of command, but was with the unit that we were attached to. Now, technically, even if they're not in your chain of command, you still have to follow orders. He got pissed one night. And decided to say, I want everybody, I want your whole unit in formation outside these barracks at, uh, it was, I want to say it was like 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. So word got back to our captain. And our captain said, okay, we'll be in formation. 10 o'clock. This major marches out of his barracks to the deafening roar of an entire unit, uh, an entire armored cavalry unit with vehicles parked in his yard, grass torn to hell, 
all in proper vehicle formation. And armored infantry, that's tanks for us Ar- lay people, correct? Armored, armored cavalry. Ar- mechanized infantry is a different thing. Oh, okay. But we work in tandem. Okay. So, uh... I think he instantly... And considering that this was one of the few plots of grass available over in uh, Afghanistan... I don't think he was too happy about it. You know, I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna probably hurt myself later for this one, but um, something tells me this is one of the few times where you can actually get away with, sir. I was just following orders. Is appropriate. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, if only Ollie North knew. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've only got about. The moral of the story, don't piss off an entire unit of tankers. Don't piss off people who are cr- more creative than you. Uh, which, by the way, to that end, uh, I know he's never going to hear about it, but uh, I, I was going to see about getting someone that I know from the Canadian military to join us. Unfortunately, he's off at a uh, hockey game. I know, I know. Shut up. Wait, wait. He, he legitimately is... With his nephew, at a uh, I forget which uh, I forget which uh, hockey game you, right you now. Mean, but. You mean to you mean to say that they went to go see a fight and apparently a hockey game broke out? No, uh, that no. depends on the size of the town and what the team is. No, it, it was it, I forget which group it was. Uh, if I remember, damn, right. damn modern political correctness. Yeah, but uh, hockey in August. Again, I don't remember Miners, which group it was. It, minor from, league probably was but uh he works in um the accounting and finance areas as he has said my entire job is to find and exploit and close every possible loophole with every piece of data at my disposal to say that this is someone who understands and appreciates um, malicious compliance. Yeah, I'll. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm still gonna see about getting him one of these days for exactly this kind of thing. Now, what I was gonna say was, um, seeing as how we're kind of running running a little bit out on time, um, but you made a, you made a good point there. Which point? Uh, because your friend is his job is closing loopholes, mm-hmm. and with an uprise of malicious compliance, aren't you? Don't you think that, um, you know, there's people trying to chip, 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 chip away at our democracy. They're going to hire people like that. There is the question I was going to have us finish off with, because we do have to see about closing up. I figured to kind of guide you guys along to whatever you want to finish off with. I am a mind reader. (laughs) Sort of. Or, Or maybe it was leading that way anyway. And you just saw how the wind was blown. Good on you there. In any case, uh, like I was saying, since we've uh, since we only got a couple more minutes before we have to close up, I figured I'd kind of lean you guys in towards that. What do you think this level of malicious compliance with these obviously religiously inspired edicts? Because yes, they're they're 
following the proper chain of authority and putting these things into place, but we know full well what the subtext is, hence why I don't have a problem calling them edicts. What do we think is going to end up happening as these go on? Or at least for the little bit of however long it's going to take before that pendulum swings back around the other way and power transfers and, well, it'll happen sooner or later. It's just a question of when, but be that as it may. So who wants to lead off? Because I figured I'd, you know, stall for time enough for somebody to have some kind of idea as to where to start off with. Um, I, I do have one thought about, you know, with malicious compliance. There's something about it, like, you know, I love what they're doing, the, the, the satanic temple and all that. But in a way, there's something about that that bothers me because it doesn't really address the underlying question. It kind of, like, skims the surface of it just, um, like, uh, for example, with the Ten Commandments and the Badmut, uh statue and all that, it, it exposes the hypocrisy of the rule without really addressing the underlying intent. Why do they want that there in the first place? Yeah. Like what exactly, what's the dynamic going on there? It doesn't really address that. Yeah, you want to talk about being a run mind reader. You, you're, you're nailing right into where I was planning on going anyway. <laughs> okay. No, that's good. That's for, good. For once. Bridget, did you want to... Uh... Did you want to add something or, or kind of play onto that piece then to close for yourself? I still think the uh, Christmas displays with the flying spaghetti monster are a hoot. Yeah. I love those. I like that. Yeah. yeah. And Festivus poles are pretty awesome too. Yeah. as uh, You know, as somebody who lives in an area where there is occasionally um, thunder lightning, yeah, uh, that's all well and good. But when you have um, thunder snowstorms, I can't wait to see what happens when that gets melted down that way. <laughs> well, especially if it's right next to, um, you know, a nativity scene on government property, you know? Uh, I would never advocate for that kind of thing, but if Tesla is now... It would be hilarious! <laughs> but, if, but if Tesla, if you were a god today, please make that happen one day. <laughs> and make sure there's video of it. Yeah, yeah, to a certain degree. Well, yeah, so we can put it on YouTube. Oh, definitely. And everybody can have a good laugh. And then we can link to it on our show. Yes. Because that's what we do. <laughs> that's just how we roll. Yep. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, Dallin, since we have to kind of uh, vamp a little yeah. bit, I'll give you your shot. I'll, I'll be quick. Well, I'll, I'll try to be not, quick. Not, not that quick, because you look yeah. at the... Yeah. Anyways. Um, oh, let me let me see. Dreaming uh, down people's throats is accelerating the numbers of the nuns. Yeah. And I think... Honestly, I, I, I think what happened here, this malicious compliance, the, the dollar bill thing, which was brilliant, mm -hmm. and the other things that people are doing, which is also brilliant, I don't see a hit back on this. I don't see the state trying to close these loopholes. Why? Because 
this whole law was drawn up. Let, let's face it. This was haphazard. This was so poorly thought out that this was, I'm going to call it an experiment. I'm going to, I'm going to say it or a, a failed hypothesis. And now that they see the results of this, I think if they try to go back and try to revise it or try to uh, close those loopholes, it's going to be met with so much legal opposition on the part of the people that did this mocking thing. I sense there's going to be just, you know what, let's cut our losses and be done with it. And for those places where they actually did specify that there had to be a certain size of font and stuff like that, I would recommend this. And okay, this is me. This is not holy crap, whatever, you know, try not to endorse anything. Um, the example you said where they had in God, we trust. And then the explanation of it, they should tack on that explanation underneath the, the, the big sign. Cause is there anything that says that they, that they can't? Oh, no, 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 not, no, you, you need to go and double check what the, uh, what the, the second poster is, uh, in the second article, because the whole poster does have, uh, the thing that says we, we, uh, the, the state has mandated that we have to display the expression in God, we trust, yeah. but, but it, then it goes on and says about the whole E pluribus unum and, and when it was changed, the whole thing. So no, that no, the whole I, thing I, is I, all I there. Realize that. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. No, but I guess my question is that in, in the places where they actually did specify that it had to be a certain size or whatever, uh-huh. and if that's all they put, they could put something like that next to it or underneath it to do the same thing. Okay, I misunderstood it, you. I'm it, sorry. Yeah, if if the if the mandate or the the edict as you was so poorly written that, for for lack of a better, a blind man could hit the mark on. Yeah, th- this this was knee jerk. You know, we, we see a lot of that these days. A lot of these knee reactions. I just like I'd like to interject one thing. I, I'm not sure of how the political system works, but I mean, um, when they're passing a bill on the state level, not all the represents representatives are required to be there. If I understand correctly, as far as I know, no, they don't have to be there. Oh, so they, like, if, just if enough you have, to hold a quorum. Now, if you have, like, the bare minimum, you have a day there where there's uh, an empty, an empty, uh, let's call it an empty forum, or whatever, and this guy who's just sitting there waiting to push through uh, religious legislation just sees an opportunity and just comes up with something on the bat. Is that a little too far-fetched? A filibuster. No, not a filibuster. What you're describing, um, Joseph... Has, um, has been done before. Yes. Like these crazies, yeah. the, the, the crazier they are, the noisier they are, the more insistent they are. And I can imagine that these guys wanting to push through in permanence, this religious uh, yeah. you know, legislature, they're there all the time. Yeah, a, a filibuster would be an act that would uh, delay that kind of voting Mm. disrupt the process to the part or to the point where people would just say, you know what? Screw this. We're done. We're leaving. Or I I probably just missed uh, misunderstood uh, what he was trying to explain. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I wasn't clear. 
Yeah, no, I, and and I think that's the other thing too is that okay, these guys are always to do to to pass these kind of laws, but in that fervor, they're so short sighted that loopholes like this are able to be exploited mm-hmm. to the point where you've got the dollar bill, you've got the poster, you've got all these other suggestions. I don't believe that these people are going to try to go back and and fix this because I, I think it would be more it would be more complicated and would require more um authority or not authority but more once, influence to revise a, the law once a are you sure because once a bill is passed like uh, adding amendments to it or modifying it or closing loopholes like that wouldn't that take a little less well let, well not really. let me no let me let me, let me let joe uh, let me let Joey uh, get his thing in because this is this is actually part of what I'm gonna what I'm gonna uh, close out with. That that'll kind of answer part thing. of this. Well, I have a thing. If you, well, we're we're kind of closing <laughs> off over here. So I, I thought I've said my part. <laughs> if if that's the way that you feel about it, fine. Oh boy, oh boy. Because in that case, let me go ahead and finish it. The idea of these being slipshod and and just kind of thrown ahead in 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 hoping i don't think that's real likely the idea that project blitz is not coordinated enough internally and and not pushing these thought out well i don't think that's real likely however as we know for well you know, some groups are, we give them a little bit too much credit for, you know, the brain pan part. But if you do push these things through and there are crafty loopholes that can be exploited, and they are, because they see what the subtext is of what's trying to be done especially when those that have been pushing through these legislations have said as much publicly and openly. If you then go back, spend the time and the resources to try to amend whatever these articles are, whatever these laws are that have been put into place to push this agenda, these edicts, down to public schools where the most innocent and the most needing of protection are kept for hours at a time, day after day, week after week, for three quarters of the year. If you go and you show your hand that you, no, 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 we don't want you to show it this way. We want it to be displayed like this, and then you have to specify the intent. And once you show your hand, once you tip that, once you display where your intent was so that people can't or shouldn't be able to exercise a loophole, then, and only then, will it be completely visible for everyone, especially and including those who are in the news, the journalists, 
the ones who love to do the deep dive on the stuff and to investigate deeper and deeper. And if there's one thing that we know, an investigative journalist who has something to prove is going to dig up everything. But they're dying breed. They are. They are. But if there's Which one thing... Which is why thing, they're trying to kill NPR. If there's one thing that Unreno Tech would laugh really hard about is the line that we learned a long time ago. All is known. Somewhere, there is information. There is always information. It's just a question of turning over the right database. And once that happens, all is known. You may not be able to get rid of the entirety of the voting base at that point, but sure as shit, it'll make it that much harder when those that believe in fair play, regardless of party affiliation, are going to sit back and go, yeah, you know what? Um, no. No. You're done. That's when the pendulum swings. With luck, it won't have a blade on the end. Thank you, Mr. Poe. With that, we need to get on out of here because um, my coffee has actually gotten me a little bit too awake right now, and that's not a good thing. <laughs> Especially considering what I had happening to me uh, a, a night or two ago, but that's a whole other issue. So, as always, everyone, thank you very much for being with us. We hope that you had yourself a fun time with us and uh, found something worthwhile in all of our perspectives tonight. Of course, as always, I want to thank those of you that were over in the live chat tonight. Really appreciate it. Felis, Roxy, Stephanie, uh, Trippin, and Ryan. I think we're yep. all the folks that uh, made it for tonight. Thank you, guys. Mm -hmm. Really do appreciate it. And um, keep posting, man. Keep posting. We really do appreciate it. Uh, as we said, we do have a Discord server, so if you would like to uh, interact in some way, shape, or form... Feel free to uh, join us. The link for the Discord server is in the show notes, I believe. And it shouldn't be too terribly hard to find this if you just go asking, but that's a whole other thing. So let me go ahead and uh, thank everybody for being with us tonight. Joseph, glad you're able to make it. You have yourself a good morning, and, uh, well, um, I hope everything worked well for you this upcoming week. Yeah, well, um, it's back to work, actually. But, yeah, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me on. And I think a spin around the backyard with that pogo stick will take care of the, the caffeine problem. I don't think that's such a good idea for two reasons. One, um, it's rained over here, and uh, my, my, uh, my, lawn, my lawn is mostly clay, so that would be really bad. And two, uh, bargain. I don't I'll have a pogo you. stick. I never learned how to use a pogo stick. I want to keep my nards, thank you very much. So, we'll keep it like, whatever, we'll go from there. Joe, thank you, and uh, it's good to have you back again. And you have yourself a good morning, go go get yourself some rest. Uh, not sleep time yet for me. No, not my skin. Okay, eventually then. Eventually. Fair enough. 
You take care of yourself, man. Thank you. No promises. Uh, okay then. Fair enough. It's it's Joe. I know. I know. <laughs> if you have to ask, <laughs> I know. And I'm here, please. Yes, and uh, I'm gonna do the uh, I'm gonna do the Brady Bunch move right about now. So, Bridget. You have yourself a good night and uh, take care of yourself. Thank you very much. Enjoy your morning. And uh, how do people get in touch with you? Well, they can f- find me on Facebook under Bridget Fitch. They can come to my blog at BridgetFitch2112.wordpress.com. And Monday night on Beyond the Trailer Park, that starts at 930 Eastern, we're having Bill Bloodlow on. And he's a paleontologist and a geologist. He's written several books and gotten into several debates with Kent Hovind. And, um, oh. yeah, I mean, they're, they're lovely. And has the uh, website Creation Science Fiction. I think, I've, uh, I think I might have seen something from him. So, cool. Yeah, so it should be a pretty good show. I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. Very cool. You have yourself a good time on that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And like I said, I'm going to go ahead and do the uh, the Brady Bunch move. So, uh, Dallin, I see you over there. <laughs> Hi. You know, hey, how's it going? <laughs> but, but but over here, you've got your back turned to him. Well, you see, the funny thing is, and from where I was sitting when he looked up to talk to Bridget, uh, Joey's on top of him, at least in the Discord thing that I see. Whoa, now. I just saw some nose hairs that needed trimming. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> wow. Let, let, let's Amtrak this one a little bit further, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't use that. You're going to have tears coming out of your eyes. Oh. Well, it's... Anyways. Um, to the better, I find yeah, myself so, a Zippo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let, let's not do that. <laughs> Um, anyways, I am the curator of the audio show over at holycraft.com. Hold it, hold it. You are, you are, I don't know what the hell it is. Cutting out real bad. Yeah, it's cut out a couple times there. If it's, if it's bandwidth, that's really weird. If it's, um, mic gate, that's, that's dropping you because you are louding. I don't know, but that's just, sorry, folks. Uh, Again, it's, you know, art, science. It's it's all good. I, I did have a couple of things running that uh, might have done this, so I've since shut those off. <clears throat> Anyways. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I, As I was saying, I am the curator of the audio version of this show over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. And for any kind of random thoughts that um, might or might not be on this show, you can catch that over at inthewind.yo5.ca. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. For the record, by the way, Joseph, above me is Bridget to this side of me is you and further over is Dallin and um, up over there is where Joey is. So that's, that's what I'm looking at. I know for you guys it's different, but over, over on YouTube, I've got it exactly right. I, I can't, for, I tried, I changed, I changed my screen size and everything. And for the life of me, I just can't get anybody on top of That's a you problem. I was going to say something about personality, chocolates, flowers, whatever. <laughs> we're, not, we're, not, we're not doing the whole chocolate thing. We're not doing nope. the chocolate thing. Nope. Although, no, no, we're, no, we're not. We're not. That's what she jo- said. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. 
Joe, yeah. Joey and Dallin both know what I'm thinking right now. So yeah, yeah. no. Well, um, that that um, soap thing that I showed you before the show started, the bro brick. Yeah. Uh, apparently, some of the uh, inspirations for some of their stuff uh, does come from a uh, local chocolate company here in um, Alberta. Okay. They've got a rum and coke flavored dirt sm- smelling body wash. Okay. That's, is that, chocolate that's, really that far out? <laughs> no, no, it's not. But that's 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 a whole other thing. When 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 Valentine's Day starts coming closer, we'll explain to you what that chocolate thing. Just just remind us, no, and we'll no, tell you. No list later. later. The list. The list doesn't count. No 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 no. List doesn't count for now. No 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 no. So if you would like to be in touch with us, of course, as Dallin was mentioning, please take swing over to holycrapthepodcast.com. And the bottom of the screen, you will see our card. Yes, that is actually our business card. I didn't put up the one with the QR code. Screw you. Nobody wants to do QR codes anymore. I don't know why. I'll figure it out for later. The bright side, however, is that I can actually go ahead and remind you that if you'd like to leave us a voicemail message, you can leave it at 859-HCTV-554-859-428-8554, because it's right there on my screen in front of me. I don't have to go and turn over to the page of information I've got over here. And of course, if you'd like to drop us a couple bucks because you feel like it, feel free over at patreon.com slash hctv i was trying to remember what it was and for whatever reason i had some other website going through my head and i I at least remembered that much i've got that one reminded so yay thank you uh yeah so we'll see how this uh we'll see how this all plays out um we'll be back for you again next week we'll see how things are playing out uh as far as to what we're going to end up talking about as usual i have no idea yet we'll figure it out but uh until that point You all take good care of yourselves. Thank you for being with us. And, oh, something tells me this call, you know, I don't, I don't have any more coffee left and that's a good thing. Something tells me that I'm going to be, I'm going to be flying in elite dangerous for a little while to burn off some of this. That's, 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 that's going to be really great. Ah, we'll talk about that another time. Meanwhile, I got to get us out of here. Thank you for being with us until the next time we get together, everyone, as always. I wish you all the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. And, of course, my lady, as always. Too many damned years later. Too many missed birthdays. And I'm still in love. Matane Fujin. I love you. I miss you. Dream of me. Till the next time we get together, everyone. As always... Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment at the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter pages. Theme music is Twisted by Kevin McLeod, available at incompetech.com. And on behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening.